shine like the morning star. The one who was, who is, and who is to come. Our ever-present help in the time of trouble. Come on, you can do better than that. Give him praise, somebody. Worship him. Worship him. He's the king, eternal, immortal, the invincible and the only wise God. The El Shaddai, the El Elyon, the El Gibor, Jehovah Jireh for those who need him for provision. Jehovah Rapha for those who need healing. He's our standard bearer. The Alpha, the Omega and everything in between. The beginning and the end. Somebody give him praise. The Dew of Hammon, the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley. Hey, the one that sits upon the circles of the earth. He's the commander in chief of the universe. There is none like him. There is none that can be compared to him. He's the reason for our living, the reason for this season. Give him praise, somebody. Worship him, worship him, worship him, worship him. Hey, some people call him Yeshua Amashia. Some others call him Jesus Christos. Where I come from, they call him Jesu Christi Oluawa. Ami, Ami, Ami. Give him praise, somebody. Worship him, worship him, worship him, worship him. Give him praise. I hear you know this song. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. In your key. Oh, oh my soul. Worship is holy name. name. Sing like never before. Oh my soul. I worship your holy. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless. Father Lord, let tonight's service not just be another religious observance. Let it not just be another ritual. Let somebody here have an encounter with you. Let an, a discouraged person be encouraged. Let somebody who came here depressed and even suicidal receive light and hope again. We ask that, Father Lord, somebody will receive an answer to a problem. Do something new in somebody's life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. As you sit down, tell somebody next to you, say, you're blessed to be sitting next to me. Uh, and then uh, tell the other person, say, say that you're looking really handsome tonight. Make sure you didn't say that to a lady. 
Because that wouldn't be a compliment. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's uh, once again an honor and a privilege to be here with you tonight. This isn't my first time. I've been here a number of times. And um, uh, anytime I have the opportunity to share here, you know, I'm, I, I'm excited because you guys are, a lot of you are really young. I love young people. Yeah, and I, I like what you guys are doing. This is a cutting-edge church. Pastor uh, Godman and Pastor Bola are people that, you know, we get along very well. Um, I've known Pastor Godman, I was just thinking about it a short while, perhaps about seven or so odd years. And, you know, actually, first of all, met Pastor Sam, um, Sam, uh, Pastor Sam first, and I remember meeting Pastor Godman. It was a time we were trying to invite Pastor Sam to Trinity Chapel. And I told my assistant then, I said, you know what? Strangely, I want to actually invite Pastor Godman first. For, I, for whatever reason, I said, this guy, I like his spirit, but he has a unique understanding of church. A unique understanding of church. We actually flew him in to look at our, our church structure as a consultant. This was when he was an assistant then. So it's, it's no surprise to me that now that he's on the field doing church, he's doing it excellently. Let's, let's put our hands together. And so, uh, uh, secretly in my mind, I see him as a professor of church, ch- churchology, you know, and uh, anytime he comes in, one of the areas where I want him to really input in our church is leadership. He, he just, you, you guys just have a way of, you know, getting things done the right way. So uh, if you want a church to attend to, if you're not sure, you want to be a church, a church to be a part of, I can assure you if you remain here, this is a church where you will grow and be nurtured. So let's appreciate Jesus. I do this everywhere I go to, and I will not fail to do it tonight. If you've never met my wife before, put up your hands. Never. Ah, uh, you can't die. You can't afford to die, because if you die today, they will send you back. Because you have not met the most beautiful woman in the world yet. So I can assure you that you will not die before you meet my wife. Those of you who have met her, you won't die too. <laughs> Acts chapter 1, for sake of time. Verse 4 to 8, Acts 1, 4 to 8. I know you've been talking about evangelism. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, we're going to take a, an interesting route uh, on that particular topic. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 8. He says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them, this is Jesus' post-resurrection, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Tell someone next to you, say, wait. Which he said, you have heard from me. He spent a lot of time, you know, in the, in, in, in the chapters, John 16, 15, 16, there about, talking about this Holy Spirit. He says, you have heard from me. Verse 5 says, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with what? The Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then let's skip up to verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power. Everybody shout power. power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You shall be witnesses of me in Lekki, in Lagos, yeah, in Nigeria, and 
internationally or globally. Tell somebody next to you, say, you're going to move from local to global. Uh, come on, prophesy to them. Say, you're going to, I, okay, say, I am going to move from local to global. Okay, John chapter 4, verse 15 to 19 says, The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. I don't know what husbands have to do with water. But then he just said, call your husband. Then verse 17 says, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Can I just find out here, how many of you are married? Put up your hands. Okay, God bless you. How many of you want to remain married? You had better keep your hands up. <laughs> okay, put your hands down. How many of you are single? Put up your hands, please. God bless you. How many of you want to remain single? Uh, okay, how many of you would like to get married? Receive it on that side. Take a husband and a wife on that side. Okay, it says, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not truly your husband. In that you spoke truly, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive you are what? A prophet. The title of my point of deliberation tonight is called The Power of Supernatural Encounters. And if you wanted a subtitle, it would be called Understanding the Power of the Supernatural in Kingdom Advancement. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you truly have gone ahead of us. Speak to the hearts of your people. Make the words in the scripture relevant to their lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. When, when Pastor Jima, uh, uh, like I call him, sent me a text saying that, um, because I, since I'm in town, would I want to take the midweek service? At the end, when he said, and the topic was evangelism, to be honest with you, I froze, stepped back, and I couldn't give an immediate response. I have learned in my life never to just step on any opportunity. I have learned in my life to, number one, ask God before I walk through a door, because the door might just be an elevator shaft. Number two, not to step onto any platform where I will not speak in the area of my strength. And to be honest with you, I almost sent him back a, a text saying that I would, I would defer. I would, I, would, I would take a pass on this one. And then I went to sleep. And that night, I had a dream. And God showed me specifically what I should teach. And told me to take it and take the session. So tonight, I'm going to do something very interesting. I heard him talk about Mission 555. Amen. Go for it. Yeah. And I saw the response of people when you talk about coming out for evangelism. Usually when people, when, when the word evangelism is, is spoken about, it's almost like you've just spoken about chloroquine. Isn't it? It's, uh, it's almost like, but it's, it's medicine that is needed. Yeah. But you have to swallow, you know, uh -huh. uh, it's, with bitterness as it were. But you see, after that dream, and the more I thought about it, the more I was excited about coming tonight. Because God just said to me, just teach them from your area of passion and how it has worked for you. And so tonight, to be honest with you, if anybody is actually visiting as a guest, um, and you don't, you're not even a Christian, by the grace of God, I'm going to share some thoughts with you that will even make you begin to think, okay, maybe I should explore this Christianity a bit more. If you notice, my, my message didn't say I was talking about evangelism. I said about what? Kingdom 
advancement. Evangelism is one of the things that you do on that kingdom advancement. The whole point of evangelism is about advancing what? God's kingdom. It's about taking more territory. Let me also add this. When you start a new business, it's also kingdom advancement. Are you understanding what I'm saying? When you, when you get married, it's also what? Kingdom advancement. But I'm not going to talk to you on those two today. And those are two areas of my passion. But you see, in the last few years, I have, in a sense, I, I'm not saying that it will happen forever. God has refocused my, my, uh, my direction. I still do business. I still do uh, messages on, 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 on uh, marriage and leadership. But he's, he's pushed me more on talking about the supernatural. I'm bringing supernat- the supernatural as a reality to everybody's life, every Christian's life. In the next few minutes, you would, you, would, you would feel like a fish out of water if you didn't walk in the supernatural. Now, just for the sake purpose, so that they don't say that I didn't talk on evangelism. I'm going to say there are different kinds of evangelism, and you know them, yeah? And the kind of ones that scare you when we talk about door to, If you say, let's go for door-to-door, what will you do? You go the other way. But door-to-door is a form of evangelism. Crusade evangelism is a form of evangelism. TV evangelism is a form of evangelism. But there's what you call friendship evangelism. And I'm sure Pastor has spoken about that. But tonight I want to talk about power evangelism. Or prophetic evangelism. Or supernatural evangelism. Now, it's interesting. Pastor didn't tell me what he was going to talk about when he came up here. But he made, it, he made my message easier. When he said, how many of you will come for evangelism on Saturday? Few hands. He then said something. He said, but if it was an anointing service or a breakthrough service, you will all be here. But can we not combine breakthrough and anointing service with evangelism? And that's what I'm trying to talk talk about today. The point I'm saying here is this. One great man of God put it this way. He says, the Holy Spirit is the secret to kingdom advancement. One miracle, everybody say one miracle, or supernatural encounter will do more than what 10,000 sermons can do. If, for example, somebody, you walked out of this place and you saw there was a blind man or somebody was lame and mangled, and then we, we stretched out our hands and healed him right away. Listen to this. You will not need to, to give out flyers. Tomorrow, everybody will ask, what time is your service? What am I trying to say with this? Listen to this. Incidentally or interestingly enough, I personally believe that the Christian church right now is only working in less than 10% of its true capacity. In fact, every single one of us here is working in less than 10% of your true capacity. How many of you have an iPhone? Put up. The rest of you need to be born again. Okay, how many of you have a smartphone? Better put up your hand. You, you never know what I can do. I may just give you some free phones here. Uh, but don't, don't bet your life on it, though. <laughs> now, I have an iPhone. How many of you have a Samsung? Okay, you, need, you definitely need to be born again. <laughs> the iPhone or the smartphone is designed in an interesting way. Now, unfortunately... Many Christians are like an iPhone. They have an iPhone, but they only operate the phone function and the text function. That's your Christianity. 
And that was my Christianity for many years. But Christianity would be a lot more exciting if you found out that on the iPhone, you can use the internet. You can go on the website. You can, do you know that today you can transfer money on the iPhone? Or on the phone, I'm sure you do it here as well. Like you can do so many things. What am I talking, what am I talking about? There is a level of Christianity that we, we are missing today. And this is where Jesus, when Jesus met, Jesus didn't go on, and listen, hear me right, please. We do evangelism. But he did not go on evangelism. He was, he was evangelism. Can I come down? Everywhere he went to, something happened. Now, if your life was like that, listen to this, you, they would not need to beg you to go out to preach to people. Jesus Christ went out on, on, on a meeting. He met one woman and had an interesting conversation with her about husband or no husband. And when he was speaking with her, she lied to him. Did you notice she lied? And he was a gentleman. He said, oh, uh, where's your husband? He said, I have no husband. He said, oh, you have no husband in that you have spoken truly. Really, was just being kind. That was a nice way of saying, you just lied to me, but I'm forgiving you. He says, but you have had four husbands, and the one whom you are with is what? Not your husband. The sixth one you are shacking up with. The truth of the matter is that he could have been somebody else's husband. And the woman looked at him and said, wow, what church do you go to? Do you get what I'm saying? So Jesus had an app, a prophetic app, that was functional, was beyond our text message kind way of doing evangelism. How many of you would like that app? Ah, you know, how many of you would like to tap into somebody else's life and say, listen to this, let me tell you this, your mother is ill with cancer and so, so, and so, and your brother is on drugs. And listen to this, I know who can solve that problem. And if you went with me to, to church on Sunday, I can assure you your life will never remain the same. How many of you know that that person would go with you? And I'm telling you, it can become your reality. That is why Jesus said to the disciples, he said, look, don't, after his resurrection, he said, you know what, don't, 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 don't. They, wanted, they probably were going to say, should we go out now and start winning? So he said, no, wait. No, hear me. I'm not saying you shouldn't go out and win souls because we've always done it. Do you understand what I'm saying? But he says, listen to this. I need you to be spirit empowered. And when you're spirit empowered, you will have a supernatural edge. And it will make, let me tell you what, what being spirit empowered is. It's like, don't go out without your coat. What he was saying is that, he says, when you wait, wait until you are endued or encloaked or wrapped up with power. When the spirit comes upon you, then you shall be witnesses. And listen to this. And when the power of God comes upon you, you will not be able to stay in one place. It will take you from local to global. You need your business to be spirit-empowered. I'm going somewhere with this. And it is, I personally believe that one of my major mandates now it is, to make, is to make the church a spirit-empowered church. I mean, everybody has their area of strength. When Pastor Godman comes to our church, I, I, I leverage on his area of strength because no man is an island, isn't it? And when I come anywhere I go to, I want to, I want to leave people with the experiences that I have had. I want to give them this new app, as it were. It's not new. I want to give them a spirit-ignited life. Let me use some real examples like mine. 
Before I became a pastor, well, a full-time pastor, I was a medical doctor. I used to work in a hospital not too far from here. I won't tell you where exactly so that you don't know. And the first week of working there, I, my boss, I had to go follow him all around the place. And he said to me, I need to be observant. The first week they would give me like, uh, you know, I wasn't going to be involved in any main thing. So just follow me. And I noticed we would go on ward rounds. And when we go to ward rounds, we would end up in the theater. And most of what we did was abortions. Not we, him. <laughs> and here I was. I'd been a pastor in my fellowship in school. And now my dad had gotten me this new job. And he had told me to behave myself there. So I couldn't say, ah, I'm not doing this. So. so I struggled for the next week. I had to say, see, this year you are doing it, I'm doing it. This is how you do it. This. You know, I saw, and I'm like, I could not say a word. And I was really torn between, ah, how am I going to start my medical career like this? Oh, you know, are you getting what I'm saying? Anyway, the second thing that happened, this was on so a week. Maybe I started Monday. The fellowship was on Thursday, cut a long story short. The first time I went for the fellowship in the hospital, there were just two of us. Just two people. Ah, it was tough, but we fellowshiped. You know how you say, you encourage yourself, we are two or more, I gather the, that there are more than two here, the angels are here with us. Come on, get real, count. Any which way, whether you start with that person or you, you are still two. Okay? And uh, encourage yourself, though. So, long story short, I, I had this dilemma and uh, we went for this fellowship. So one day, every week, every day of the week, the head of the, 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 the head consultant, the owner would lead, we, we start with prayer. We all gather, imagine you're going to do abortions at the end of the day, and, and say, oh, so, so, and so, and they never asked me to lead the prayer. I guess I was new. So this night, this particular morning, I woke up and I, I started to pray and I heard the Holy Spirit tell me that when you get to work today, they're going to ask you to pray. And when they ask you to pray, say, good morning, Holy Spirit, welcome into this place. I said, well, it's simple. If it is God, they will ask, that means they will ask me to pray. When I got there, the guy said, Dr. Falalade, pray for us. I said, no problem. Good morning, Holy Spirit, welcome into this place. The place almost reverberated, shook. I'm not joking. There was something that got shifted in the place. When we went on the ward round, we got to a particular lady, and this lady um, had, had, had been married for some time, had had three pregnancies but lost them. And so after the ward round, I went back to her, and because I was more passionate about Christianity than I was about medicine, and I said to her, I said, you know what, you really, your, your problem is not medical. I said, it's spiritual. I, I said, so what do I do to do this? I found out she was a Muslim, and then I led her to the Lord. Finito, ain't it? <laughs> Abi, finito, Abi. So, so I, I went home. Now, that was the beginning of the devil's problem, not my problem. When I came back the next morning, Dr. Folalade, Dr. Folalade, the patient in room six is looking for you. What for? Just go there now. I went there. There was some pandemonium of some sort, you know. Apparently, over the night, the woman had had an encounter. I, I've been really thinking, should I share this or should I not share this? 
Can I go further? She had an encounter where three personalities without bodies entered into her room. And they came and told her that you, you want to leave us? We're going to deal with you. Now, I had never seen or heard anything. I'd had experiences, but not this type. So they said, oh, Dr. Fuller, please, what are you going to do about To cut a long story short, I came into the room, and I said, don't worry. Literally, I was afraid. <laughs> so I held hands with her. All I knew to do was hold hands, and, and I said a prayer, Father, Lord, come into this place. The power of God hit her, boom, and she was thrown from here to where the stool was, and she started writhing like a snake on the ground. The nurses scattered. Even I was afraid when that happened. But then I had to gather myself, like, oh, it's not a big deal. It happens all the time. You, like you would do too. Isn't it? To cut a long story short, to keep the story short, eventually prayed for her. This woman has children now. There was fellowship that day. That day, <laughs> the whole hospital came for fellowship. People with their legs up, people who couldn't see, everybody, the place was full, no space. And guess what? The doctor, the chief, whatever, was there. When I said, who wants me to pray for you? He was the first with his bald head out. <laughs> I laid hands. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So the place exploded. The place exploded till today, 21 years later, they still have fellowship in it. The whole hospital was converted. And the next morning, I went up to him. It was, I said, God told me to tell you something. He said, yes, yes, what's it? What's it? I said, no more abortions in this hospital. He said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> that is the power of power evangelism. I wasn't a pastor, I'd pastored before, but I wasn't an active pastor. And I said all of that because some of you are doctors. I mean, for sake of time, I could give you so many stories. I mean, but let me talk about what's happening now. You see, like, the Bible says this, it says in Ephesians 4, verse uh, 11 to 12, it says, the, the, the ministry gives, the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, are giving for the equipping of the saints, so they can do what? They work out. It's not, unfortunately, what we think is that the apostle prophets are, are giving so that they can be celebrities. So that they can be the prophets and everybody. No, I've always said to my people, if I can prophesy, you can do as well. Are you understanding what I'm saying? In fact, you should do. And the effectiveness of my ministry will be that by the time I leave you, if I'm a prophet, you should be more prophetic. That would be the, that's the, if, if I was, a, I'm a Bible teacher, it's not that, oh, wow, this guy knows scripture, he knows the Greek, he knows this. It will be by the time you get back to your Bible study, your Bible study is easier. That's the, that's the proof of it. Anybody can tell you they have a flu. If they don't really have a flu, <coughs> the proof of having a flu is that when they come near you, you catch it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, the, I, by God's grace, that's my grace. I didn't ask for it. I have a prophetic grace. Now, I'm going to share some things with you quickly. This is the power of prophetic evangelism. It's, or, or let's put it this way, the supernatural edge. It's such that, listen, you don't, 
It's even beyond evangelism. We were speaking about assimilation earlier on. Let me, let me say this to you. A lady came to her in the last year. We've experienced more growth than the last 10 years because of these things I'm talking about. A lady comes into my church, our church. Yeah. Now, we, we have a culture, a prophetic culture in our church. So after I finish ministering, second service, I minister. And I'm standing, and I say, I hear Hamilton, Hamilton. I'm thinking to myself, there can't be a Hamilton in this place. And then this lady puts up her hand. I just, and then she says, uh, she's, she's obviously not Nigerian, and she says, yes, um, I'm, from, I'm from Bermuda, and Hamilton is the capital of Bermuda. So I said a few things that by God's great hits right on point concerning her life. She goes away, comes back the next Sunday. She was one of these church hoppers. I mean, in fact, the people who knew her in the other church she'd been to, she'd been to many churches. This is the church she's been at the longest. The next Sunday, or the, the upper Sunday, God speaks to me about her again, or two Sundays later. And I said, does anybody know a Tunde that has a connection with South Africa? She jumps out again. I said, what does that? He said, oh, in fact, as she was coming out, she didn't have to say anything. I said, he's your boyfriend. Uh, you know, but I couldn't say it publicly and stuff like that. And I know that you are asking God if he's the one you're supposed to get married to. And God began to speak into the situation. She was overwhelmed. Now, guess what? She now began to bring people to church. Every other Sunday, she will bring people to church. And I don't know this. So we had what we call the breakthrough night one, one time. And as I was missing the breakthrough night, I just saw a man sitting next to her. And I said to, her, to the guy, I said, I see you. Your destiny is like Donald Trump. You should really have properties all over the world. And you should, you should you know, own. I see skyscrapers around you, but I see you have a, an impounded destiny. That you should own the property, but you are the one guarding the property. And... I said, you should be a property guru, but you are looking like a security guard. He said, he's a security guard. Then we began to pray for him. To cut a long story short, I mean, she brought another lady again. When that lady came, you see, because I don't choose who I prophesy to. Do you get what I'm saying? The gifts are given by God. He determines how it works. But for whatever reason, everybody she brings, God speaks to the person. Then... This last Friday, that was two Fridays ago, we had a breakthrough in Nigeria. She brought her father, who is an addict. I mean, even the way it looks, you will know that. Don't try this one. <laughs> who is an addict? And the guy came and, you know, and God started to speak to his life again. At the end of the service, that is how he said, says this is the longest time he's ever stayed in any church, sat in any church. And he started telling me, he said, when you're talking about that witchcraft stuff, yeah, I said, I did it. So he said his mother was a witch, and that he, she was the favorite of his mother. She used to take him around and all of that stuff. I mean, these are people, if those of, us, those of you who have been to England, you know that there's a challenge with multicultural churches. This lady is from Bermuda. She's brought people from various parts of the world, and they've stayed because they have an understanding that for whatever reason, God is in this place. Now, are you understand? I'm not saying if you don't move in the prophetic, it doesn't mean God is not in this place. But there's a certain dimension that you don't need to force people. When they have an encounter with God, they will be the ones. This woman at the well, she was the one that went and started bringing people. She dropped her water pot, left her own problems. 
said, come and see a man that told me all about me. There's another lady. She was also testing. She'd heard, you know, we're on TV. We've been on TV, you know, for, for years, in, in, both in England and, and here. And what we put on TV is not all that we do in church. So they see leadership, they see entrepreneurship, you understand. For whatever reason, I don't know what she had heard wherever that, oh, one guy, one, the apostle said, that guy is not for real. That's not my grouse, but I'm just helping you understand the context of her mindset. So she comes to church and just says she should try the church. And she, you could even see her body language. The day she comes, that's the day they announce the Jew is coming to my church the next Sunday. So she said, ah, okay, even if I don't like this church, I, I know the Jew, I'm coming for him. He, he comes, she, she's blown over, she said, I will try the next Sunday. The next Sunday... I, I do something in church. I, I, sometimes I do crazy things. I say, anybody, I want I, 10 people who want me to prophesy to them, come. I did what you call a blindfold prophecy. I just did it out of mind. I just said, okay, this time I'm going to do this. I'll blindfold, just stand in front of me, and I will trust God to speak to you. She was one of the 10. I then later found out that blindfold prophecy is in the Bible. The Roman soldiers, when they were beating and plucking Jesus' blood, they blindfolded him and were beating him. said, who hit you? said, prophesy now. Who hit you? Yeah, but that wasn't why he did it, though. Okay. But it's just good to know that it's actually biblical. So, 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 is this helping anybody? Okay. So this lady is standing in front of me. I don't even know her. I've never seen her. I don't know her at all. I said, this person is in front of me. Does this person have a connection with Abel Kutta? Yes, yes, my mom is from Abel Kutta. Da, da, da. Anyway, to cut the long story short, she now tells me a long story about how she'd been praying and fasting for, for weeks because there's an issue in her family. There were six of them. Three of them have died. Actually, four. A half, a half brother, two had died. And they all died in the month of June. June, every two years, one family member dies. And she said, this next June is coming. And she said, incidentally, before she came to our church, God told her that the problem was from Abel Kuta. And da, 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 da. Okay, so that was the first meeting. The next meeting was at church on Sunday. And God tells me to call her out. And as I call her out, I begin to feel something about the kidneys. I said, God told me to tell you that there's somebody that the enemy wants to take out with kidney problems. She started shouting, that's me, that she's had kidney problems, that in fact she just came back from the hospital this week and they diagnosed her as having that, 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 that. I mean, how many of you know that when that happens, you know that God is here? And I mean, I can go on and go on. I mean, it was almost like a Sunday, Sunday thing for this particular lady. One day, the one that was most interesting was, one day I was preparing for service and God told me the name of the lady is, well, let me say Cynthia. He says, Cynthia Baba. I'm like, what? Cynthia Baba? What's it? You know. So she stands in front of me, usually with the prophetic. God doesn't give you everything at once. You have to trust him. And it's when the person is standing in front of you or something, as they come closer, he tells you more things. She's st st standing in front of me. I said, I see Cynthia Baba. I was looking at, is your, your father cannot be a Baba. But then God just opened my eyes and I saw where her head was being cut off. And I said, I see a place where you were much younger and your hair was being shaved. And she started shouting, yes, yes, yes. It happened. It did 
thing happened that when she was about seven or so, she was top of her class. And then one night, some barbers came to cut the hair. But anyway, long story short, her hair was cut. She woke up and her hair, and hair was taken off. And her parents actually beat her for cutting her hair. And she said, it's not me. And she noticed from that time, from that moment, she used to be number one, two, three in class. Now she was one, two, three from the back. Now, I know you don't believe what I'm talking about. I know you don't understand. I know you guys are sophisticated and, you know, you've got a lot of things going on for you. You speak English like the queen and all of that, even though I'm closer to the queen. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, but what am I trying to say? How many of you know that I wasn't there when that happened? But there was somebody that was there. Who is he? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does reveal things. Do you know, I'm sure you can understand that after that, even if I offend that lady, it will be tough for her to leave the church. What I'm saying is, essentially, I personally believe, and that's why I'm passionate about this, God is wanting to reintroduce himself in a dimension that no one will be able to dispute it. You see, and with, with this, uh, and this is now encouraging you that I, God wants us to preach with a PhD. Many of us are doing Christianity with a BSc. Basic Christianity, that's BSc. Okay, now, PhD is, add on top of your BSc, the prophetic healing and deliverance. When nothing happened at that hospital, that's what God told me. He said, look, you know what? You know, Shola, I want you to start teaching people how to operate in the PhD, the prophetic healing and deliverance. And each of them has a particular thing that it does. The prophetic, you know, is like dreams. It's, 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 sorry, it's revelation. It reveals secrets into people's lives. And listen, don't be sorry that you say, oh, you want prophet, what's happening in that person's life? No, that one is suspicion and, and I'm a, a boyism. That's not what the prophetic is. It's as God reveals it, isn't it? And so, but it is about revealing. So like what happened with the woman at the well, it was, you've had five husbands, four husbands. And the one, was it five? Five. You see, I was kind to her. <laughs> I took one out. You've had five husbands, and the one you're with right now is not your husband. Now, that's diagnosis. But with diagnosis should come healing. Okay, so God will reveal, but unfortunately, a number of people who do this and just do it for sure and diagnosis. Or some people do, the people who, who are even adept at it do it to raise money. There are all sorts of charlatans around. Very few that are actually genuine. And it's important to teach what is right. It says, um, um, the prophetic is for revelation. Healing is for repair. This is my, the, how God taught me. And deliverance is for removal of anything that destroys. And you will need the three. And this thing I'm talking about, every single one of you will need it. I don't have the time to, to talk about it, but okay, let me, let me actually uh, uh, talk about it. Ma Matthew, t Mark 10, Matthew 10, for sake of time, because my time is going. Matthew 10 will give you the basis. He says, you know, and he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. I don't know about you, but I don't want, if I were not a pastor, I don't want each time my child has a, a, an illness or some challenge or the other, I'm looking for the pastor's number. At least we pastors don't want that, so that we can at least have some peace. You should be able to lay hands on that child yourself. Or each time your child has a nightmare or there's some scare, you should be able to, as it were, pray for yourself. 
But let me tell you why you need it the most. Well, at least this is why I need it the most. I talk about it in my book on dreams and destiny. There's a particular lady at our church. She's still there. Before I started teaching about dreams and the prophetic, she, she told me she had this dream that she was in their bed with her husband and there were snakes in their bed and she didn't understand it. When she, she, was a new, she was actually a new member of the church, maybe three weeks, and we're on a marriage retreat. When she said it, I couldn't tell her what it meant because I knew it, it speaks of adultery and an affair. And it was months later she now, when I started teaching about dreams and all of that, she said, you know what, Pastor, what you said is so real. Because one day, I also had a dream where I saw somebody's a phone number in the dream. Clear. And I wrote down the phone number. And I was wondering, what's this phone number? And she put it in her phone, studied it, and put mystery number. One day, the phone rang. Guess what rang? Mystery number. When she picked it, it was one of our close friends. It was about five years later, she found out that the mystery number that God gave to her was the lady who her husband was having an affair with. How many of you want that app? <laughs> now, some spouses are not wanting that app. They want it, but they don't want their spouse to have it. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm saying? You know, so it was the, it was the, it was the supposed mystery, I mean, this, this particular lady. And so it means God was showing her, this is how. Do you know God is, speaks to every single one of us, even unbelievers? The only problem is that you don't understand his language. You know, in our church, you know, I call dreams workshop. Because one of the things, every single day, every single day, I get emails of people's dreams. I'm tired of interpreting dreams. So I call dreams workshop, interpret it yourself. And guess what? The dreams, understanding dreams is the beginning, the entry point for the prophetic. And if you could understand that, it will make your evangelism easier. It will make your own, because what will happen is that you ask God, God, give me divine appointment. For sake of time, I, I, you know, also there's healing. I mean, I would leave that for now. I was going to give an example, but let me give you an example of deliverance. And in the same, you know, in the same vein as I speak about healing, I'll speak about deliverance. Just this Sunday, a particular lady at our church gave a testimony. Earlier on in the year, we had a breakthrough night. Breakthrough night is like a miracle night, and I think you guys have something similar, isn't it? And, um... At the breakthrough night, God gave me a, a date. So I called the date. But the person didn't come out. So she came on Sunday and said to me, said, Pastor, that date is my date, but I wasn't at church. What was it? Now, half the time, but by the time I finish here, I've forgotten what I was saying. The truth of the matter is, you are under an unction there. And it's when the person comes, you get the next thing. So I said to her, you know, I don't know, to be honest with you. And I don't want to say from my mind. I said to her, but at least let's pray here. As I was praying, I saw a certain village, not quite a town, and I said, do, do you have any connection with this village? She says, yeah, that's where her husband is from. 
And God showed me an arrow being shot from that. I said, I see an arrow being shot from that village. Let's just pray about it. So we, we both prayed. About three, four weeks after that, she called me crying. I said, what's up? She said she was diagnosed with cancer of the breast. It had supposedly been caught early, da, 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 this and that. But it was supposed to, it was going to be timing now. And then they started, you know, the treatment. And I said to her, look, thank God, at least we caught it. I personally believe that if she was at that meeting, I, we would have called the whole church to pray. She needed corporate prayer. That's the thing about being at the right place at the right time. But that thing still penetrated. But God revealed it, and we began to pray about it. Anyway, to cut a long story short, the day Gio came to church, Pastor Adeboye, she wasn't there. She was watching online. And she saw that after the service, people rushed to sit on Gio's chair. So she was crying. That, oh. She didn't tell anybody this. But the next Sunday, I don't know, God just led me to do the same thing. I sat on the chair. I said, anybody who wants healing, come and sit here. She happened to come the next Sunday. Sat on it. The next day, she got a phone call from the hospital that she had been given an all clear of cancer. To talk about deliverance, I'm going to have to round up here. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll talk about this and give one example and then close. Three weeks ago, a member of our church, a couple, sent me an email. Pastor, we are desperate. We have a five-year-old child, and he's been having epileptic fits for the last three years. And they don't know what to do about it. They've tried, they've, they've done scans, MRI, everything. They couldn't find it. The doctor said there's nothing under medical science that can <laughs> give account for this. He said, Pastor, well, we can only come to you. Pastor, in his that it is when they come to the end of the road, they bring it to you. And so, to be honest with you, as they were coming, I thought to myself, because I'm a doctor, I'm thinking, I, I really don't know what this is. God help me. As they bring the boy in front of me, all you can do is at least step out in faith. They brought the boy. As I looked at his face, I looked at him. I just remembered I had a dream the night before where I saw a full-grown man. Now, this grown man is friends of friends of friends. I have never met him before. And I saw the guy's face. If he, the guy was sitting in this place today, I would spot him. And I just looked at the guy. I looked at the boy, five years old. And I said, this boy looks like that man that I saw. So I knew the name of the family. It's a popular Lagos family. And I said, so I, prophetic, you have to, sometimes you play safe. You can be bold and say something. I said, are you, do you have any connection with Ogun State? He said, yes, yes, my wife. I said, Ijebu said, yes. I said, do you know so-and-so family? He said, that's my surname. I said, it's Balogun, but it isn't. Sammy Balogun. I said, do you know so I said, he's my cousin. I said, I just saw the other face in his face. The, a situation where they thought it was impossible. I thought it was a Facebook star for both for them, but more for me. That if God can reveal, then he can repair it. If God can re re repair it, he will remove whatever the hindrance is. That's like, what I am saying. I'm not saying this to you to make myself. I'm not a superstar. I'm just a star with a super God. 
Every one of us is a star. And when you connect to him, then listen to this. It will be a lifestyle. Let me give you one more, and I close. And this is, when I was coming to this, I said, God, if you want me to preach this message, you have to give me a real one that would apply to them. Because this, most of the things I've talked about is church, isn't it? Every day. I said, give me one related to evangelism. On Monday, a friend of, a guy used to be at our church, invited me to, his, uh, to their house for dinner, himself and his wife. So it was 7 p.m. But by 11 or so, while I was praying, this was not even a dream. I was awake. I suddenly had a vision of a particular gentleman. I haven't seen this guy in years. The last time I saw him was two years ago on a plane. And I was like, why am I seeing this guy? And then God showed me some things about him. And I'll go for dinner in this friend's house. And he tells me, Akin is coming for dinner. I didn't even say Akin. He didn't even click. It was when he walked in, I saw his face again. God had shown me that Akin was. So we had dinner. Akin's father is one of the conquest Muslims in this country. In fact, when you talk about Muslim, is uh, <laughs> he... <laughs> if Akin converts, <laughs> they can disown him. If not, take him out. But I was just asking myself, God, why did you show? Through Akin used to, when he was in England, Akin was one of the biggest antagonists against me. But all of a sudden, I thought Akin was actually more, oh, Pastor Shell, I was like, really? Now, guess what happened? Obviously, I didn't have an opportunity to Converse with him, but it was just, okay, what's happening here? I left him, see you later. I didn't know when next I'll see him. Yesterday, I was looking for a place to eat, my friend and I, and we went to a particular place in Lekki there. We looked around, we first went to the wrong restaurant. I said, let's leave this place. We now went back. I said, there's one particular one. I called one of my people here, and he, direct, he gave me the directions. When I got to the place, as I was stepping into the bar, he was stepping in. I said, Aki, how many of you know that that was not a coincidence? That was a supernatural encounter. And let me say this to you. Anybody, if you walk, the first two years of my Christian life were the most exciting one because this was my daily, daily, more or less occurrence. Then I became an executive Christian. For 20 years, I mean, I was now doing, you know, all the things that are funky. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the last three years has been reawakened. I don't know if there's anybody here who wants that app on their phone. Let's stand up and pray. The minister. Let me mention this. With the supernatural, where, where there is kingdom advancement, especially when you open up to the supernatural. Because we are dealing, everybody say advancement. You know when you advance, you are taking somebody's ground. He doesn't like it. With advancement, you will usually have resistance or retaliation. Because the person to whose ground you are trying to advance, he doesn't want you to take the children. That's why in the hospital, those three entities showed up. I don't have the time. 
I have a, a, a new book that talks about winning invisible battles. If I had, a, I would have given you examples of the kind of warfare, things people face. It's not every time somebody can, that can't have a baby that it means that it's a demonic uh, issue. But a certain percentage are. It's not every time a single lady remains single for a long time means that there's a demon that is holding them. But a number of them are. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so what I'm talking about today is, it's not every time somebody dies, that a demon killed them. Maybe they smoked or whatever, they drove wrongly on the way. But what I'm saying to you is that when you start walking in the supernatural, God will show you which is which. Let's lift up our hands as we worship him. Great are you, Lord, greatly to be praised, greatly to be praised, Father, great are you, Lord, greatly to be praised, greatly Father, you Holy, holy. From the top. Holy, holy God Almighty. It's a privilege to worship you. Come on, worship Him. Worship brings God's presence. It is a privilege to worship. of God. Worship is the atmosphere that creates the supernatural. It's God that speaks. It's as we worship him. And it's like the runway before the plane takes off. If, the, if there's no runway, the plane is going to be grounded. I will do the best I can. The 27th of April. Doesn't mean to anything to anybody here. 27th of April. Okay. Is there a Duni? Duni? Come forward. Shalabaros. Where's your father? Sorry? It's late. Okay, I, I would have said that to you. We're going to pray for you in a short while. Have you got any brothers? You have one left. How many are late? Two are late. Sorry? You can't find one. So your father is late. One is late. Two are late. And you can't find one. How many brothers did you have before? So how many have survived? You have a twin brother. We need to pray for your last brother. Because God told me that 
There's something about an Oladuni that takes the men in the house. On Sunday at church, and as I'm speaking to you, God is, is taking me back to what happened at church. God shows me there's somebody in this area who has a connection with the Francis. And the lady puts up her hand and says, yes, my brother-in-law is Francis. And as she stands in front of me and said, I see an assignment of death that would supposed to take Francis and take Sunday and another brother. And she shouts, her, father, her, fa- her brother's, sorry, her husband's father is Sunday and he's late. And all her husband's brothers plus the husband were born on Sunday. Does that make sense? You don't get that. So if they were to, each of them could be called Sunday. I want you to stretch your hands towards this young lady. Where's your brother right now? He's in this church. What church? Don't cry. You're crying now so you don't have to cry. God reveals to redeem. Stretch out your hands towards her. And as you are praying for her, you are praying for yourself. You are praying for yourself. That that last boy, that boy remaining. You see, the enemy wants to take the name and the legacy of that family. As you are praying, you are praying for your family. Mantalabrasoto kapalibras. Kayabaros. We pray. Is there any oil? Can we? Rebarosoto riba. Against the assignment. Mantalabrasoto. Of death. Mantelebrasoto kepalibrasoto keparasi. Verikalandrasitre kalibraso. Jedikabarosoto de brasso. 